Hey guys, good morning. William V. Thompson of Bridging the Gap. My buddy Council Glenn is going off to Ohio somewhere, guys, to be a mountain man for a couple of weekends. That's right, guys. He's going to be, it's cold in Ohio. He's going to have a sleeping bag. He's going to grow a beard. That's just what he does. But as old folks, guys, we stay where it's warm. Hey, this day, guys, we want to talk about something that's very dear to my heart, and it's maxing your Roth IRA account. Uh, And I was thinking when we opened up this morning a a quote by Walt Disney, and he talked about if you want to be successful, you must live with one foot in the past and one in the future. Guys, think about that. Live with the mindset of the past, that's me, and one of the future, that's Council And that's why bridging the gap is so critical, because if you're going to succeed, all the new way of thinking is not always the best way of thinking. And all the old way of thinking is not always the best way. But if you can find a combination plan of living with one foot in the future and one in the past, you're going to be very, very successful. You know, last time in podcast 40, we talked about an old school concept of paying your house off fast. And we gave you a lot of different ways to do that. But today I want to give you an old school concept with some new school ways of doing it. And if you take advantage of that, guys, you're going to be very, very successful financially. It's all about maxing the Roth. It's all about maxing the Roth. Now, understand this, that one of the best ways to build wealth, one of the best ways to build wealth is simply going to be, you know, somebody trying to buzz me this morning, who was it, counsel bother me? One of the best ways to build wealth is going to be through maxing a Roth IRA account. Now, I'm going to give you about seven key things that I want you to be mindful of. And it's something that my wife and I are using one of the ways, one of the ways that we're building generational wealth. See, one of the great things about a Roth IRA account is when you build it properly, and I tell you what that is today, you in turn are able to build money where it's never taxable. You heard me correctly. You may have a million dollars in your account one day. And let's say you only put in $300,000. Imagine that $700,000 is never taxable to you. Never. Now, again, they may try to change the laws, but I don't think they're going to win on this one. But that's number one. It's a way to build wealth tax-free. Now, here are the two basic rules that you have to follow. Number one, you have to be 59 and a half. I know some of y'all are thinking, Wim, I'm only 30. Well, guys, one day I was 30. And one day I started my Roth. And one day I never imagined being 59 and a half. Well, guess what? It happened. And it's a good thing. 59 and a half and you in turn have to have the account open up for five years. If you meet those two criterias, guess what? That money is legally tax free. Even if you doubled your money every year, it doesn't matter. You got that. Now, understand, too, with that Roth IRA account. You know, we talked about in one of the other podcasts about even doing a self-directed IRA account. You could literally put your money in your self-directed IRA account, and that money could grow 20% a year, 50% a year, 200% a year. And if you chose to, not my recommendation, if you're making those crazy profits, you may could pull $10,000 out of it. But understand that $10,000, it's not going to be penalized because you did not get a tax deduction, but you will have to pay taxes on it at whatever tax rate it puts you in. So you have pinched off $10,000 
of your next neck, boy, can't even write your next next egg, your nest egg of building generational wealth, guys. You'll get it one day. But understand this: so you do have options for it to grow, and you have options for you even to access that money prematurely. But you are going to pay taxes. The ultimate goal is you want a seven-figure next egg, nest egg. I'm going to get it right today whereby, folks, you're building generational wealth. All right. Now, let me give you my general recommendation. Of course, this is going to vary by age. The younger you are, the more aggressive you may become. But as a general rule, I recommend putting 25% of that maxed Roth into what I call cash flow strategies. Now, you may remember from prior uh, broadcasts that we talked about selling puts and selling leaps. Is where you find an awesome stock, let's say like an Apple. Again, not a recommendation, but right now I'm really heavy in Apple, both long-term and cash flow for right now. Uh, but you, like, let's say right now Apple's at 160. You would then sell someone the right to maybe make you buy Apple at 140. Again, that produces cash flow. Or if you're really bullish on Apple long-term like I am, it's at 160. I may sell someone to make me buy Apple at 160 in 12 months. And folks, somebody may pay me uh, uh, $30 a share. And that $30 a share, that's a 20% return on my money. So again, 25% of your monies I would have in selling puts or leaps. Now, the other 75%, I think, goes back to podcast 39. We talked about the S&P 500. And again, I would put the other 75% in the S&P 500. Let me tell you a twofold reason why. Number one, over the last 50 years, the S&P has averaged about 12%. That means doubling your money every seven years approximately. 75% of all managed mutual funds, the S&P has beat. Everyone's trying to beat the S&P and only about 25% do it each year. And it's not the same 25%. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is this is a boring way to build wealth. It's very boring. But for those that want to get into crypto, I want you to get boring and do crypto. I want you to do boring and then build a business. I want you to do boring in online courses. I want you to do boring and do real estate. See, this is a boring way. And I use the word loosely guaranteed way to build wealth. And it's what Joe and I did because I got a little wild string in me. But once I made sure that my Roth IRA was on track to create those seven figures, then therefore I felt more comfortable in doing other things. And I strongly recommend you consider the very same path. All right. Also, make sure you max the annual contribution. Hey, here's a sidebar too. even your young children could. My daughter, we started her Roth at about uh, 12 and it had to be based on her earnings. But right now, by the grace of God, she has about six figures in her account. Now, imagine being 19, let's say with $100,000 in your Roth account. We've done the math. She's done the math. If she lets it stay there until 59 and a half, if she adds no more guys at 100,000 for the next 40 and a half years, it's going to become a couple of million dollars. One simple strategy. Now, for you older individuals, 
it doesn't work the same way. But you and I can put in up to $7,000 a year once you're 50. And less than 50, it's 6,000. And for those youngers that you have, that Roth is going to be based on their uh, their earnings. This year, she only made about thirty-two fifty because she's in college. So we will put thirty-two fifty in this year. Her IRA account, her Roth IRA account. All right, let's talk about supercharging. And there, there are a lot of different ways you can supercharge it. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Google Google backdoor Roth. IRA account. It's your homework. I'm not going to tell you. Google backdoor Roth IRA accounts. Be open to it. It's an interesting concept, but it works very well. Let me give you two basic ways I'm going to recommend today that you supercharge it. Number one, you can set up in your own corporation and possibly even your job may have something called a 401 K Roth. That's right. It's not your regular 401k where the monies or tax deferred, meaning you don't pay taxes now on them, but you do long term. But many companies are recognizing that people want options. So whether it's the company that you work for or the company that you will create, set up a 401k Roth or Roth 401k, you do not get a tax benefit now. So let's say if you made $100,000 in your company, and let's say you put in, I don't know the limits off the cuff, but let's say you put in $20,000 into that Roth IRA account, guess what? Your W-2 is still going to show the $100,000, but you put $20,000 in there, and hopefully your company will match some, but the downside about that is when a company matches even your own company, it's not counted as a Roth, but a regular account. So just keep that in mind. And the second thing is, depending on your tax year, with good tax planning, let's say you have 100000 in a regular IRA account. Remember, you've gotten a tax deduction for that, and that money's tax deferred. You could roll over, let's say, 20 of that into your Roth account. Now, the downside to that is you are going to be taxed and you are going to be penalized. So it needs to be in a year whereby you have all these carryover deductions. Your S-Corp has a, a big uh, loss or other things that are advantageous. It takes tax planning. Just don't do it to be doing it, but it's a great way to fully fund or max the funding of your Roth account. Understand this also, that if you rolled over 20000 because it's a rollover, it does not, does not count against your annual limits of six to $7,000 based on current law. All right, and I'm going to close with this. You know, we often tell you as Christians, we believe that a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. And we also believe that, particularly for men and wives too, that when you pass on a transition, make sure you leave your spouse covered. And insurance is one foundational way. But under current law, there's some interesting laws about what's called an inherited Roth IRA account. So let's say if something were to happen to me, my wife, Joy, 38 years, she would get my Roth account. And let's assume that Roth has a half a million dollars in it. Well, that would then go to her. And on that money, she would get the same benefits I got because she's 59 and a half and I was 59 and a half. It's been there five years. That half a million she would get tax-free. And if she let it grow and grow and grow, she would never, never, never pay taxes on that money. Now, she cannot merge the two because you'll understand why in just one moment. 
but you can see the benefits of giving her tax-free uh, money and an investment that's growing tax-free. Now, with my daughter, Joy Victoria, it works a little different with your children, but it's still good laws. Let's say my wife and I both transition and it goes to Joy V. All right. Joy V then for the next five years, she doesn't have to take that money out. So that money is staying in my in her inherited Roth IRA account. It's growing tax free for five years. At the end of five years, guess what happens? It's still growing tax free. But she's required to take out what's called a retired minimal distribution. In other words, she's ha- she has to start taking money out based on her her uh, how much time more time she'll live. So let's say she now is 40. And let's say they project her to live another 40 years. And let's say there's 800,000 in the account. She'd have to take 40 divided by 800,000, which is 20,000 a year. So she would have to start taking out $20,000 a year. And of course, that number would change some depending on the growth in the account. So folks, here's the bottom line. As I opened up by saying, the guy Walt Disney, if you're going to be successful in life, it's imperative that you do one thing, that you learn how to live with one foot in the past and one in the future. And if you do that, you're going to be successful. And that's what's bridging a gap is all about so guys as we close out thanks for joining us don't forget that you like us share subscribe just tell the world about what's going on and review this over and over again because i have learned that in all you're getting get understanding good day and god bless you